Hi everyone, on this edition of Scouting for Growth, I will be joined by Alexis Sierra Vaughan, the Senior Director of Agency Marketing at Cowbell and the producer and host of The Cowbell Factor, a podcast which is rated at the top of its category across several key international markets. Alexis is an amazing professional and a mom with so much passion for business and enabling the success of others. Alexis has been in insurance for 13 years, yes, 13 years, and built strong expertise in explaining in simple words what cybersecurity means and why one needs to protect oneself against cyber risk. During the course of the podcast, we discussed three main topics. Alexis has been in insurance for 13 years, as mentioned. So let's discover a million's path into insurance. Cowbell journey to becoming a leader in cybersecurity risk prevention and how does the product works and why it is important to educate users. And then I want to dive into the podcast, The Cowbell Factor. So let's welcome Alexis. Hi, everyone. So pleased to be with Alexis. Alexis, thank you for being with me today. Thank you for having me, Sabine. I appreciate it. So, Alexis, we want to know who you are, but I can hear an accent. So as you tell us who you are, (laughs) tell us where you are coming from. Yes. So um, I'm Alexis Sierra Vaughn, uh, head of agency marketing at Cowbell. um, And I am coming from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, so the deep south. <laughs> I am originally from Dothan, Alabama, but I have spent majority of my insurance career here in Atlanta, Georgia. So you are an insurance person. So tell us how you got into insurance, Alexis, what you like from insurance and what got you into Cowbell? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It's such a really cool story about how I got into insurance. And um, so I've been in insurance now for 13 years. Um, I started out my career as an agent, a captive agent uh, with Country Financial. And um, literally within my first three years, um, I was able to make such a huge impact. But truly, literally, my background was all sales. So I had actually transitioned um, from retail sales into insurance. Um, And I realized that um, I was great at relationship building. So I was literally kind of working next door to a State Farm agent. And um, she said, Alexis, you know, you've literally sold um, sold a product to every single person uh, in, that comes into my agency every day. She said, you should really consider getting into insurance. This wasn't my first time being asked to get into the insurance industry. Um, I have a few family members who've been in it for 20 plus years. So everybody's always thought that I would be great in it. But for me, um, just being the the millennial that I am, I was like, no, insurance is definitely going to be boring. It's not going to be my thing. (laughs) And I was like, I don't think I'm going to like it. So I decided to just kind of take that that leap of faith. And I said, well, I'll at least study for my property and casualty license and see if it even interests me. 
I immediately fell in love with insurance. I was like, this is perfect. This is the perfect way for me to, number one, make a huge impact on the world and on my local community and also make great money while doing it, um, especially because I was a single mom at the time. So it was really important for me to find a way to make a sustainable income, but also more so build wealth for myself and my oldest son, who's 13 now. Um, so I said, you know, I'm going to get into, I'm going to give it a try. Um, I started out my career at Country Financial as a captive agent, um, full service, property and casualty license, life and health, and my securities license, Series 6 and 63, um, on the financial advising side. And uh, within my first two years, I know they were really worried when I got started in my career. They were like, Alexis, you relocated from Alabama to Atlanta. Most agents here have a huge network of people because they've been living here. I only knew 25 people, but I remember saying to them in the interview, I promise you that my 25 people are going to introduce me to another 25. And then that 25 is going to keep going and we're going to, I'm going to grow something here. Um, at the time, I did not have a lot of money to spend on lead generation. So I thought to myself, how do I get out get myself uh, known more in the community, build relationships. And I just decided to take that more networking approach. And within the first two years of having my agency, I grew my business from 25 clients to 1,165 clients off of pure networking and just building relationships in the community. Um, after that, I said, you know, I, how do I show other single moms how to do this because I don't want to just keep all of the, the diamonds and jewels to myself. I want to make sure that I share the wealth. So I said, okay, I think I'm going to go after about three years, I decided, I, I said, I'm going to go independent. I'm going to start my own agency. Um, at the time, uh, I was, it was Alexis Holt Insurance Group, um, AHIG. And I specifically went out and got 26 single moms and taught them all, all there is to know about how to be successful in the insurance business, started basically my own MGA, um, was able to have property and casualty license uh, agents and life and health agents. And we even had some other securities license agents who only focused on life insurance and wealth management. Um, so I was able to make um, a huge impact on other women like me. And after about six years of having my agency, sold my agency, decided, I said, you know, how do I make a larger impact? I said, well, the probably the best way is going to do that. Um, the best way that I can do this is to move into more of a corporate role so that I can make a bigger impact um, at the corporate level. So I actually went to go and work for a Martian McLennan company, uh, Mercer um, as a broker there, senior relationship manager. Um, and I did that for a while. And I said, you know, I do really miss being a part of the um, entrepreneurship side of insurance. And I got into InsureTech after that. Um, was able to really do some really great things. And um, during this time, I was actually consulting at another company and doing doing a lot of consulting with carriers and insure techs and agencies and MGAs and a lot of independent agents. And I say, you know, I really miss kind of having that one on one uh, with the brokers and agents. And I say, you know, how do I still make a deeper impact? But I really want to make sure that I'm also learning something new because I felt like, OK, I'm at the top of my game in insurance. I've now done pretty much every, I've sold almost every product you can think of, um, with the exception of a few. 
I was like, how do I make an even larger impact? But I also want to learn something new. So along came Cowbell. And at the time, it was Cowbell Cyber, um, a standalone cyber insurance provider. And I joined um, during their second year. Um, we're now a little over three years old. Um, I joined a, about a year and eight months ago um, as their head of agency marketing. And in my role, I oversee all engagement efforts for agents. Um, so I do everything from the most important part is I break everything all the way down and try to make such a complex product and topic like cyber insurance. I try to make it digestible for agents and brokers and even policyholders at every level. I believe in making cyber insurance as easy to understand as possible because it's, I believe that cyber insurance, um, the direction that it's going in, it should be life insurance to a small business because if they don't have cyber insurance and they're a victim of a cyber attack, it could end up putting them out of business. So during my role at Cowbell, that's kind of what I focused on is creative approaches and different ways to get the message out there about the importance of having uh, cyber insurance, specifically to our small to medium-sized business market. That could be anyone who has zero to up to $1 billion, $1 million, $1 billion in, pre in uh, revenue. So we have covered so much content there, Alexis. And first, you know, I was invited by Salesforce um, to their major event in London, which will Salesforce Live UKI. And they introduced me to one of their um, top trainers, Eva Black, mm -hmm. who actually set up a company called Supermoms, where she actually enables Supermoms to understand how to leverage the Salesforce platform. And it was such Love an amazing that. conversation because like you, you know, a main focus here is how do we enable others to be successful? Mm -hmm. So I think that is one of your superpowers, which I would like to come back to. The second point you highlighted is you as a Gen Z or Gen Y? Millennial. As a millennial, <laughs> right? You ended up loving insurance and I fell into insurance myself. So I would like mm -hmm. to cover that a little bit more as well. As a millennial, how you how did you get to, to love insurance? Because I fell in love with insurance by falling into it myself. And when you look at my young Gen Zs who I'm attracting to an industry, they realize actually it's a really fun industry to work with. So mm -hmm. that is my second point. And then I want to then go into cyber. Cyber, because as you said, it's a major topic. You know, I work with a lot of corporation and I remember working with one major, major global player on a piece of work and they asked me for 25 million of cyber security uh, policy when actually, mm -hmm. you know, I don't need 25 million off top line, you know, so cyber security. <laughs> and so how do you define a policy which is relevant for our business? So I know already three questions to you, which I would like to unpack. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start at the um, the kind of what made insurance exciting for me and why it attracted me. As a millennial, um, our biggest thing is we want to make an impact. Um, we're all about impact. And that's the one thing, that's the one thing that I really feel like I tap into as a millennial. How do we make an impact on our community? And then globally, how do we do that as well? By utilizing social media and our presence and the influencing side of all of this. 
Um, and then also we're constant learners. We always want to learn new things. And I think the insurance industry really creates that space where there is always something new on the horizon. There's every type of product, no matter what it is, is always ever changing. So you you will able you will be able to be that that constant learner over and over again, which is great. And specifically in cyber insurance, the cyber landscape literally changes on a daily basis. I would even say hourly sometimes because, you know, literally, I mean, it's it's cyber. So you have everything from the phishing emails and the smishing, the text messages and and how people are taking the QR codes and doing QR code swapping and things like that. And in, in this post-pandemic world, we are all connected to the internet in some type of way. So it's um, true. I mean, you know, for mm-hmm. my team, you know, I talk to them about be careful of the phishing emails. People yes. will try to reach out to you using my name, but look at the email. It's not me. Yes. Then the, the malware, right? When you click on it, you don't know what they put on your computer. And recently Absolutely. one of my guys got... Um, someone to ask them to, to go into WhatsApp to communicate. I said, you know, I will never do that with you. <laughs> it happens all the time. Listen, I feel like um, it's it's just a huge, huge number of people who still can't identify uh, what an actual phishing uh, attack, what that actually looks like. Um, because we literally are in this interconnected environment where we're always on our phone on our iPads, on our laptops. And we are also moving so quickly that we'll miss really small things like the one letter change in the domain. You know, it could say uh, from Sabine at alchemycrew.co instead of .com. Like that is super important to really, really pay attention to that. And, you know, your first line of defense is always your employees. So you want to make sure that you have things like multi-factor authentication in place. I know it takes an extra five minutes to have to log in and actually get that um, that push notification code and then be able to log into your email. But I'm telling you, it is so much easier and better to take an extra five minutes than to have to fork out $5 million because now you've been a victim of a ransomware attack. And imagine only having about a million dollars in revenue, but yet you have a bad actor out there, a cyber criminal who's requesting $5 million in ransom in order for you to get your data back. And just to kind of go to the end part, the end of your question. Um, what we're looking at, um, number one, we're not looking at um, when we're getting ready to do quote factors. I want to talk a little bit about that. When we're actually getting ready to quote someone, that small to medium sized enterprise, we're evaluating the full picture. Um, we're using our cowbell factors to measure them against their peers, for instance. This is really important because it really, it'll measure things like, um, for instance, Everyone is connected to supply chains. So we're looking at your revenue. What type of revenue are you bringing in? We're not going to give a premium to a company that's only making $50,000, the same premium that we've given someone who's making $2 million in premium. So it's revenue-based. We're also going to look at how many personally identifiable uh, files and information do you actually have access to? 
when you look at kind of like the healthcare system and things like that, they're going to have uh, so many things um, and so much data, access to private data that cyber criminals definitely want access to, that social security numbers, driver's license. And even in the insurance space, when you're dealing with insurance agents, we're getting social security numbers, driver's license. We're getting people's home address, their work phone numbers. Sometimes when we're even dealing with life insurance, we even have people's income because we're doing financial plans for them. There is so much personally identifiable information out there. So we're looking at things like that as well. And then another thing that we're even looking at is even after, after we actually get that policy in place, we're taking that extra step. So we're not just selling the cyber insurance policy. Once we actually get that policy in place, we have every single policyholder that will sit down with our risk engineering team, every single policyholder. And that risk engineering team will actually sit down with that policyholder and their IT or cybersecurity team, even if they don't have one, no matter the company size. We're going to sit down with every last one of them and go over things that are important. For instance, we're going to pull, we're going to give them a copy of their dark web report. That's always my favorite thing to do because small businesses will easily say, well, there's no way I could possibly be a victim of a, of a cyber attack. I'm too small or I don't have enough revenue or they're not looking for me. They're only looking at the large companies. Absolutely not. Yeah. They're looking at you because you are more susceptible because you have all of these. You have access to all of this data. And you don't have a lot of the same cybersecurity measures in place that a larger company would have because you just you're vulnerable because of that. So these are things that we're looking at and we're sitting down with every policyholder, showing them this dark web report, even telling them, hey, these are the cybersecurity measures that you should put in place to number one be a better cyber risk profile um, from a cybersecurity standpoint. And also this will even help you to get better coverage. And if you do need higher limits, we'll help to put you in a better place to be able to get those higher limits if you need them as well. But we just don't throw out $20 million limits <laughs> just because someone requested it. We base it off of you and your other industry peers. What is everyone in your industry? What, what type of coverage do they need? It is all fully customizable, 100% online application. For brokers, it takes them five minutes to go from a quote to an issue and a policy. So fascinating because, you know, you're actually highlighting how policies are being defined. And, you know, some large companies which are not in our industry do not always understand that mm -hmm. you can't just put a number in the space expecting uh, a business, small or large, a medium size, right, to actually Absolutely. get that policy because they've asked for it. And I think it is a very mm -hmm. important fact. So the next question for you, though is, okay, you guys are in the United States. So when are you making it to Europe, right? Yeah, so we actually just moved into Europe this year. Um, we have our chief strategy officer there, um, Matt Jones. I know, um, which, Matt. Yes, which I know you know. I know you know Matt Sabine. Um, so yeah, we just moved into um, Europe this year. We're also in Canada as well. Um, I have an employee who actually sits in our uh, Canada office too. So we are growing. Um, I was employee number 74 back in June of 2021. We're at 200 plus employees today. And we're still looking to grow next year as well. So it's 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 been really great to 
see what countries we expand into next. Um, this was really exciting that we moved into Europe this year. So, so I'm, I'm excited, excited to, to see, to see you guys <laughs> what we're going to do here in Europe because we need, so well, we need education. And I think it's a very good segue to go into the Cabell factors, right? The podcast, mm -hmm. you have a podcast, which has been extremely successful. I know your investors love it. So tell us a little <laughs> bit more why these projects and, you know, how you have enabled your brokers and your community to be educated about cyber. Absolutely. So one of the first things that I noticed, just kind of putting my own broker and independent agent hat on because we service both of those communities. Um, one of the things that I noticed is that some agents and brokers just were not comfortable talking about cyber insurance um, because it is such a complex product. So what I wanted to do was create a safe place um, where we actually have more conversations. Instead of speaking and, and doing all these seminars, talking at them about cyber, I wanted to do it in a, in a format where everyone can really be able to tune in, grasp the material. We make it super digestible, as I said earlier. Um, I wanted to create something so that we could bridge the gap between both cybersecurity and cyber insurance and bring them together. So I've had our amazing CEO from Cowbell, Jack Kudell, on the show to kind of talk about the story of Cowbell. We've also had uh, some different FBI agents um, from different branches. We've had San Francisco, uh, Tennessee, and then we also had a former, um, a former FBI executive, um, FBI John, on the show. So we've even had people from Foresters. We've had some of our cybersecurity partners like Arctic Wolf on the show. Um, CrowdStrike will actually be on the show this coming week. Um, I believe in kind of bridging that gap. And in order to do that, you have to have conversations um, around that with the key people who are making um, making that space, you know, more comfortable for small to medium-sized businesses and also for brokers, because we're all trying to work together. The common goal is to make sure that the small to medium-sized enterprise market has the knowledge that they need in order to feel comfortable with buying a cyber insurance product. And I mean, we've been able to make such a huge impact. We just had the one-year anniversary season that's on right now. Super excited about that. Um, within the first three months, we hit top 20 uh, for Apple Podcasts in Europe, India, the U.S., um, and some other countries. So I'm super excited about that. Um, even Qatar, we were like number two during the World Cup uh, last week, which was really, really cool to see. And then after five months, we got picked up for mainstream distribution by iHeartRadio, which has been a, such, such a huge, huge thing for us because it really just brought in our market. And it also has way more people talking about cyber insurance and cybersecurity than there were before. And we've been able to really, really see some great success. And it's really helped to impact um, us as a thought leader, um, and also even make it to where our brokers are a lot more comfortable talking about cyber insurance, which, you know, increases premium dollars. <laughs> so, so congratulations, really congratulations for the achievements. And how long has the podcast been going, Alexis? Yeah, so it's been a, it's been one year now. Um, we've had a lot of success in such a short time. Um, anything that I do, I try to make sure that it's going to make a huge impact 
Um, and but this one just definitely exceeded my expectations. <laughs> so and you are producing as well. So you're managing yes. the whole process. So yes, I am thank you. Producing, hosting, all of that stuff. Um, so I'm really excited about it. Like, I mean, I've been doing I did a lot of it by myself up until this summer. It's been really great to have my associate producer, um, Miriam Kruger, who's uh on the marketing team with me as well. I love the fact that we have a very unique marketing team. We also have a very collaborative team as well. So everybody is always willing to to help in some way, which is which is really, really important. You know, you run a podcast. You know how much goes into this. To, so to yeah. have any help, I'm super, super grateful for it. But it's been a huge success and I'm just happy about what's to come for it, the next year of the Cowbell Factors podcast. Wonderful. And I look forward to diving into those podcasts and actually explaining as well to our audience why cyber is so important. Now you mentioned small and medium sizes, businesses. What is the difference for you around SMEs, so small and medium enterprises and large companies? Do you cover both at Cowbell? So right now we cover the small to medium sized enterprise market with the revenue of zero up to one billion dollars in revenue. So that's where we are right now. Zero to um, one billion. I love that. Yes, zero to one billion. <laughs> to okay? the unicorn because level. I love it. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Because we want to make sure that we're capturing that market that's underserved. Um, you know, everybody should have cyber insurance, no matter how small your business is or how large it is. And, and one thing I do want to make clear is even the larger companies still are susceptible to cyber attacks. Um, even though they have a cybersecurity um, team that may be on staff that's constantly, um, you know, looking out for the different threats that are out there, no one is really, really going to be able to say that, hey, there's no way that we can be a victim. We're just not there yet <laughs> when it comes to to cyber specifically. So, you know, it's really good to know that we're looking at that market um, that has been underserved and really focusing in on them, making sure that we're finding ways to educate them as well. I have focused a lot of my career at Cowbell on educating, not just the agents and brokers, but even our policyholders, which is that small to medium sized business community. Like for instance, this year we had our inaugural event that I put on um, Cyber Insurance Day in Washington, DC, yeah. where we brought in a lot of different policymakers because we want to try to affect that change from the top. Um, so it was a huge, huge success. And we were able to bring together, it was basically bringing the podcast to life. So we had cybersecurity leaders, um, some nonprofits. We had the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the Small Business Administration. We had a former regional administrator. The White House even provided us with a CISA chief of staff who did a fireside chat. Um, so it, that was a great way that I feel like we were able to bring the podcast to life this year. So I'm looking forward to doing that on an annual basis going forward. And it's such an important way to help the podcast community also come together offline, mm -hmm. you know, uh, from the online world. Yeah. Now, you know, people are going to listen to this podcast and get to know Carvel. Could you give us some tips? So I'm going to ask you for some tips for our listener and access around what small things can they do and start with 
to actually protect themselves before listening, I mean, before listening to the podcast, no, whilst listening to the podcast and also looking at Carbell's website and seeing how you can help them. Absolutely. So first I'll say definitely go to cowbell.insure because you can actually get a report of your cowbell factors. We love to give that to you. Complimentary. We can give that to anyone. So please go to the website, get a look and see what your cowbell factors are. See how you measure up against your peers when it comes to all the different cybersecurity measures you have in place. Um, So I would say start there first. The other thing I would say a few a few things actually. Number one, I talked a little bit earlier about multi-factor authentication and how important it is to do that. Ninety nine percent of them are free. Um, most most cloud providers actually offer that, so that's something that you can do for free. And when you get a cyber insurance policy, a lot of times it's going to be required. Um, So you want to make sure that you have MFA in place, no matter how large or how small your company is. That's going to be your first line of defense. And then you want to make sure that you have an incident response plan. Incident response plan, we actually have a template on our website as well at cowbell.insure. This is really important because it tells you who you need to contact in the event of a cyber incident. This is literally, you will fill this in and you should never, ever, ever have it on the same uh, network or drive as the rest of your network and within your company as well. You should have this separated on a separate drive. So that way, if you do fall victim, you can get access to that. That should be offsite somewhere. Um, so you want to make sure you have that. That's going to say who your breach counsel is. Who do you contact in the event of a cyber incident? Um, Ransom negotiators, all of that stuff. Also, it's really important that if you ever fall victim to a cyber attack, that you never, ever just pay the ransom. This is not like car insurance, where if Joe hits you on the street, you can negotiate with him by taking him to the local body shop. We do not want you to do that. (laughs) You take away all of the leverage by trying to just pay it on your own when that's what you have. Your policy includes a ransom negotiator. A lot of times we can get that number down significantly. And if you have the next thing in place, a lot of times we don't even have to pay the ransom. If you, the next thing, back up your your files. You should be doing this on a weekly basis and sometimes even daily. Make sure you have all of your data backed up because if if it's backed up, that's going to keep you from having to pay a ransom if you do fall victim to a cyber attack. So those are like my top three. Um, Another one I wanted to tell you, I'll I'll give you five. Number four, QR code swapping. I know post-pandemic, we are all um, scanning these QR codes at restaurants. Those can easily easily be swapped out by a totally different website. And now you've gone and entered your data and thinking that you're making a payment or you're just scanning on, uh, scanning the menu on your phone. Now you've given a, a bad actor access to all of your data. So be careful when doing QR code um, scanning as well, because there is QR code swapping. Um, and a few other things, I know that we all like to use public Wi-Fi. Make sure you use a VPN. VPNs will give you that security that you need, that encryption, um, so that when you are using public Wi-Fi at Starbucks, I know everybody really likes to go there and hang out, at least in the States they do, whatever your local coffee shop is. here, actually, you know, it's the same here. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. So everybody does that. Make sure that you're protecting yourself um, and definitely listen to the podcast because there are so many tips from the FBI. Um, I think those are like kind of some of my key things um, that I would tell your audience today. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I um, I was fortunate recently to talk to a number of uh, people, you know, working in cybersecurity. And, um, you know, I always update my teams around some of those small things. So, you know, multi-factor authentication, everybody needs to have that in my team. Um, Absolutely. We are clear around the platforms we use. And yes, you know, it's about backing up the data in more than one cloud. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very key. Um, if you actually want to make sure the data, which are so important for your business, are not reliant into one single platform. Some of the cloud providers, as you said, also have now a cybersecurity component as part of their offering. So just take it. It's probably five pounds more. It's nothing. But, you know, exactly. it save you so much hassle. So very, very crucial things, which, you know, when you're a small business, it well, yes, do I really need that? I'm not really important. But actually, <laughs> cyber, everyone is important, right? Absolutely. Probably when your data is out there, you know, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, if you're on LinkedIn, a lot of the important data, which you think are not available, they are available. Mm-hmm. So now you need to find another layer of even passwords, finding things that no one knows about, vain, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to actually protect you fully. Absolutely. And one thing I do want to say is uh, when it comes to the small business market, I want to make this very realistic for you. Every 19 seconds, a small business falls victim to a cyber attack of some kind every 19 seconds. And just imagine how many small to medium sized enterprises are out there. And that's happening every 19 seconds. Um, So, you know, it just lets you know you're you're not too small. Every business, no matter what the size, can be a victim of, of cyber attack and should have cyber insurance. Every business can be victim of cyber attack and should have cyber insurance. I think those are key words. As we are Absolutely. going towards the end of our little chat, Alexis, I'd like to go back to ask you, what are your superpower? And if you think about women who are there, who can actually learn from you, what superpower have you excelled at? And you think that they should consider being excelling at as well? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. Um, I would say, especially in my role at Cowbell, my superpower is my creativity and my um, way of always thinking outside of the box. Um, I'm always trying to solve a problem, but I do it in more of a creative approach. Um, Everything I do has a creative approach to it, but it's always going to be something that will solve a problem. I always say tap into your creativity. Never be afraid of doing something that's completely outside of the box because you may think that, oh, oh no, maybe I shouldn't do that. That may be too much. But then you find out the huge impact that it actually could have made on your business or within your company. Never be afraid to take that leap. I am one of those who will definitely <laughs> think outside the box I'll do something that's completely outlandish. And then as long as I have a pure strategy in place um, to basically be able to show, okay, hey, this is the idea I came up with. This is the impact that I know it's going to, I always back it up with data. I provide data for every single thing that I do, even though I'm being creative. Um, So I believe that, you know, definitely be yourself. 
be yourself, um, try to be creative, think outside of the box. That would pretty much be my thing. And I, that's what I feel like my superpower is. I, I try to develop a new, a new thing pretty much at least once a month. I come up with some new idea and then I figure out, okay, what's going to be my process to put this in place? What type of problem will it solve? And then I go and find the data to back up every single thing that I do. So I think that's my superpower is my ability to be creative. I, I definitely say my creative side comes from my career prior to insurance and kind of how I fell into insurance and was able to be so successful so fast is because I was an entertainer previously. So, um, yeah, so I've always been creative. That's been my whole life is music and singing and songwriting and things like that. It's always been creating something. So I've been able to take that creative side of my personal life and put it into my work life by creating the Cowbell Factors podcast, um, creating Cowbell Academy that'll be out in January, wow, wow. which is going to be... The Yes, I'm so excited about that. The first cyber insurance school exclusively um, for our policyholders and our brokers. So I'm super excited about that. I just believe in kind of taking that creative approach from my personal life and putting it into my work life so that number one, it makes life fun and it makes work fun. I always say if I'm not having fun, I'm probably not going to do this for a long time. I <laughs> and agree. in insurance, I've been having a lot of fun for me to stay in it for 13 years. I actually didn't think I was going to stay past five. And here I am at year 13, still loving it. Um, I love I love insurance as much as I love music. And the only thing I love as much as cyber insurance is life insurance. <laughs> oh. That's superb. And, you know, I want to ask a few things. So I'm a, I'm very good with math. I'm French. So, you know, we're ingrained with the mathematics. And mm-hmm. so I am good with financial modeling. However, I am also, I think, highly creative. And mm-hmm. I use my creativity like you in insurance all the time. And everything mm-hmm. is backed with numbers as a result, yes. too. See? See? Because without the numbers and the metrics, why would you do for me as well creativity? But I think another thing which is very important to note is as we move to a very technology-driven, AI-driven world, which you know it's about automating and replicating things with technology, mm-hmm. creativity is going to be the differentiator. It is absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you on that. Um, and I look for that same team, that same thing in my team members as well. Yeah. Like I want to, I want to make sure that I'm hiring other creatives um, who also have different backgrounds, but they also have some type of creative aspect. Because I have somebody who, like you said, is good with numbers. Yeah. I have someone who is heavy on education, mm-hmm. and then I have the other person who's really heavy on doing creative and creating creative experiences. Um, so, you know, things like that are really important. So I try to make sure that I hire people who have a similar, but different mindset. The only thing I want us to be similar on is creativity. Everything else I want them to be completely different. (laughs) Diverse, right? So that is the way you drive diversity and inclusion. So to conclude our chat, Alexis, when are you coming to London? So it's first question and where can we find you? Oh my gosh, listen, I'm hoping to come to London next year. <laughs> I am hoping to come next year. I'm sure I'll be there. 
Don't know when yet, but you have to stay tuned to see. You'll definitely find out on the Cowbell Factors podcast. <laughs> but yes, I'm really, really looking forward to coming to London soon. And what was your other question? So where can we find you? Absolutely. So you can find me, number one, I'm on LinkedIn, Alexis Sierra Vaughn on LinkedIn. Like and an then actress, also, right? Alexis yes. Sierra Vaughn. Alexis Sierra Vaughn. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, definitely follow me on there. Connect with me. And also at cowbell.insure. You can even find the links to the podcast on there. All of the different things that we're working on. Learn about cyber insurance day in DC. All of the great things that we're working on at Cowbell can also be found on the website. And then if you want to check out the Cowbell Factors podcast, it's available on all podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and more. Wherever you listen to your podcast platform, the Cowbell Factors podcast is there. <laughs> That's wonderful. So my my last request, Madame Alexis Siravon, <laughs> is when you are going to be coming to London, maybe we can have some little bit of a cappella. And Absolutely. <laughs> big things for you I like so, how you threw that in there Sabine <laughs> yes and don't forget to be on both podcasts rate subscribe yes. and comment because if you like it it makes us happy and let us know what you want Absolutely. to hear as well so it's yes. an honor to have you with us today Alexis thank you Sabine and I know I will see you very soon as you, you got will. a little bit of a new award today so people will have to look yes. on LinkedIn Yes, go check out that. Oh my gosh, that was such an honor to receive the award from Accord as one of the top women insure tech leaders of 2022 on behalf of Accord and Alchemy Crew. So thank you so much for that, Sabine. Oh my gosh, that was such an honor to receive that. I mean, being one of 14 women globally exactly. is such a huge, huge thing. And we um, see a little bit of PR so coming through uh, over the next few days. The team at Accord yes. is amazing. And this year it's, it's about the woman in our industry. I love that. I love that because we really need to continue to bring more women into this industry. Clearly, you know, I'm all about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so thank you for being with thank me you, today, Sabine. Alexis. Until next time. Yes, looking forward to it. If you like this podcast, subscribe now, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed it, please give it a five star review. Also, if you want to cover any specific subject with me, contact me on Instagram under Sabine VDL Officials or LinkedIn under Sabine Van der Linden. Thank you.